if I've got, I don't know, maybe five or 10 minutes and I want a quick release, you know the kind, I know the exact toy that'll do the trick. Or I know the exact friction and rhythm to deliver with my hands in order to do it too. But if I want to slow things way down for a totally different experience, when I'm not in a rush, when I can spend some true quality time with myself, there's some very specific accessories that I like to grab. Sometimes I blindfold myself or I dim the lights really low. Sometimes I use a feather up and down my arms while vibey music plays in the background. Sometimes I get as much of my body involved as I possibly can. I run my hands through my hair, down my face, and I let my fingers dance all over the surface of my skin. I put pressure on my inner thighs. I take my sweet time seducing myself before ever touching my genitals. And when I'm properly warmed up and efficiently lubed up, one of my favorite new bedroom accessories to reach for is the Oh My C from Ioba. I'm not sure what mechanism is in this thing, but the toy has a little nub that rotates at different speeds, so it mimics the sensation of being orally stimulated. It's nice, it's light, and it's quiet. Sometimes the sounds of my toys can actually take me out of my experience, so a softer, quieter toy is incredibly appreciated. I make sure to take deep breaths as I let the pleasure and sensation build, breathing it throughout my body, and when the time is just right, I pick up the speed of the rotation and I ride a full body wave of ecstasy. This is one of many acts of devotion I choose to regularly deliver to myself. And it's not about what my partner can or cannot give to me. It's about taking time to be with myself in my pleasure, doing anything and everything that feels good for me. If you're looking for a quiet, high-quality, beginner-friendly, super-cute vibe that doesn't actually vibe too hard, my personal recommendation is the Oh My See from Ioba. See the show notes for details and a discount. I'm Alexa, also known as That Sex Chick. And if you haven't guessed it by now, I love talking about sex. Not only talking about it, but I'm obsessed with helping you create an epic sex life while cultivating deeply fulfilling relationships. There's so much more to the conversation than just the act of sex itself, which is why I created this podcast. You can expect this show to be packed with resources, advice, experts, and everyday people talking about how they have created the best sex and love lives for them. If you are ready to take responsibility for your pleasure, then you are in the right place. Now, let's go talk sex, shall we? This is a Soulfire production. I'm a little bit nervous to have this conversation. Mm. I am, I can feel my heart start to pound a little bit. I feel like my armpits are going to sweat soon. <laughs> I am nervous that we're going to share this story and the people aren't going to hear us. Mm, I felt that. Yeah. Like I almost, I know that I'm probably going to cry at some point, maybe even several times as we go through this conversation. Um, I like, I want to take this moment, I think, and re remind myself and remind you that we are good people. Mm. We care and we live our life in a way mm. that's like so intentional and purposeful. And we, yeah, I just want to take a moment and remind us. 
mm-hmm. of that as we go into this. And for those of you that are listening, I invite you to meet us in our humanness. Mm. And I invite you to be open to the ways that we might be processing things through our own individual lenses, the people that we are and where we live, the life that we have been afforded and that we've grown up with, the place that we reside in Austin, Texas. And so just be open to the nuances, Mm. (laughs) please. Good Um, disclaimer. And I want to take a moment to say something. Okay. I love the mother fudge out of this woman. I need y'all to know that she is, you are such a fucking spiritual gangster and so (laughs) much more. Just such an incredible divine goddess, as they say in the old conscious community. And I just love how open, aware, kind, compassionate, and like raw you get. And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Mm. Thank you. I appreciate that. And. I'll also throw out that while I'm asking you to meet us in our humanness, a part of that is asking for you to be open to levity. Oh yeah, of course. Because, you know, us having a conversation, it's bound to go sideways several times in the name of comedic relief. Oh yeah. Silly and sincere. That's my style. Comedy is oftentimes not tasteful and isn't delivered, you know, in a way that's pleasant for everyone to hear. Sure. I mean, that's the beauty of comedy is it's social commentary. And I think what I love about it amongst many things is that you can go there, so to speak, and make some light of it because life is a cosmic joke on some level and taking it too seriously, it hurts. It makes it painful instead of playful. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm sure as we're getting this kicked off and getting, getting warmed up, there'll be a couple of moments where, Ooh, too soon. (laughs) And yep. (laughs) And then there's the challenge. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Because all of 2020 and even I feel like the start of 2021 feels like all one giant, just like this is this all the same thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the topics we're going to dig into today (laughs) with all that preface, preface (laughs) and context, COVID controversy, and conflict. Yeah. We're going to tell some stories. We're going to have a live conversation. And the reason why we're bringing this conversation to all of you, I want to be very um, direct in, in sharing that it's with the understanding that we're going to communicate about our relationship and how we have navigated our sex, our connection, our intimacy, and our relationship going through something big yeah, and heavy in our lives, especially yeah. recently, as if 2020 in general wasn't heavy enough. It took us for a fucking ride at mm-hmm. the end. Yep. And so went out with a bang <laughs> basically. So anyway, the, the whole point, yes, we're going to share some of what actually happened and some of our story throughout this process, but the whole point is to share with you a kind of behind the scenes to how we've worked our relationship and me as a, as a partner, as a woman, I have been challenged in so many beautiful ways with regards to how am I going to show up in our future marriage and how am I, how am I going to show up when we're ready to start a family? And so I just want to get right all up in it. Let's do it. 
Don't threaten me with a good time. I know. And <laughs> I, and I just want to say, I'm so thankful that you are showing up Yeah. to the mic. Let me get this thing off your eyelash. <laughs> Um, Thank you, baby. To have the this conversation with me because I know right right now, especially shit is raw. <laughs> we're, we're, that it is. We're rocking up to the desk in the office with the microphone. I know you love when I use the word "rock up." Yep, the phrase. So anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about the last quarter, Q four mm-hmm. of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Where does one begin? <laughs> Well, I mean, what is most present for me is the last handful of days of last year, but where do you, what do yeah. you think when you say Q4? I mean, for us, we were getting ready for the holidays sure, and we were preparing for the holidays um, to go to Ohio and mm-hmm. then also to New Orleans. And then, you know, we, we just live in our life. Sure. Well, so Q4 kicked off with us getting engaged. Yeah. <laughs> that was like the beginning in, the back in October. Um, had an incredible experience in New Orleans where we brought some of our closest couple friends and stayed at this beautiful sex positive home, Hacienda Maison. And I proposed to this wonderful young lady and by golly, she said yes. (laughs) And we did that at her parents' um, Bayou house, which is literally on the water. And it was like a sunset, got down on one knee in front of all the friends and her parents. And it was just really special. So that, that's how it started. And yeah. like, so special, like going there and that commitment, cause that's always been the path since like <laughs> we first made contact. It, I certainly like knew right away. I loved you just mm-hmm. talking to you on Facebook <laughs> and then having live conversations and then meeting you in person a few weeks later. Like I just knew, Oh shit, this is it. This is happening, but still it has to happen. Right. right. There's still the mile markers, um, the big moments like that, that continue to take those very practical, clear steps in that direction. And so that was fucking scary. That was exciting. Scary is not the right thing to say. Exciting. Like a lot of big energy, buying the ring, coordinating everybody getting there. Um, y'all, that rock. Well, I showed it. You got to be I careful. Have it. You I don't have, don't have it on. Well, that's just, fucked up. You just, just got out of the shower. <laughs> I'm like, well, oh. You can imagine what it'd be like if she had it on. It yes. would blind you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was the beginning of Q4. And being in the afterglow of that. And I think that really sort of signaled a lot to you and certainly to me and us. They're just like, oh, he's for real. It's not just talk like it's happening. Right. Right. And what was so beautiful about that trip to New Orleans is we knew we wanted to go to New Orleans before all of the pandemic stuff happened. We knew we Mm -hmm. wanted to bring all of our friends there. We knew that we wanted to show, you know, I wanted to show them where I live and the tradition and the history. Mm -hmm. And my family has been in deep South Louisiana over 300 years. Before America was America. Before New Orleans was New Orleans. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. About America, but New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And um, so deep roots there was really excited to show my friends and my chosen family where I come from. And, you know, we, it was a bit of a gamble deciding to go there with potential stuff shut down. So it's like how much of, of a city that is so rich with tradition and culture, how much do you really get to explore and experience if things are shut down? But it just so happened that that was the weekend that 
they scaled back on the lockdowns. It was like the first mm. weekend that they, um, it was as if the city had just come alive. Yeah. We got there, the, cool. the cases were down, all this, that, and the other. And so New Orleans was alive and it went back dead the next weekend. Yeah. So we got it. We got it. It was like people in New Orleans were ready to play Mm -hmm. and they all came out and we got to see people were singing and dancing in the streets and they were, I know, yes, things were a little weird because there was more social distance happening and Mm -hmm. like places were at partial capacity and you couldn't go and congregate inside certain buildings, but you, but the city, but the city yeah. in the streets, which is a part of uh, the iconic New Orleans, New Orleans experience of magic. Like people flooding the streets and just like walking and making yeah, stops and along the way. That, that was there. Yeah. It was so performers. beautiful. And I almost want to get emotional saying like, it was so beautiful to be surrounded by people who were celebrating life and celebrating connection and community because the only other time that we were in the middle of the street with con- congregation of people was in protest. <sighs> so fuck, it was just, it was um, so awesome that we got to have that quick experience. Yeah. Um, and while it was not quite what I would have showed of new Orleans, it was still a great taste. Definitely. So yes, that was the beginning of Q4 and yeah, making the decision to travel and all all of that we have, let's talk a little bit about how we've lived our lives. Okay. And this is the challenging part. Mm -hmm. I think the first little bit of challenge. Mm -hmm. And for me as a person who's in sex, love and relationship, I'm in this space. Um, there's a part of me that wants to tell myself, stay in your lane, Alexa, Mm. you don't need to tell people how you live this part of your life. Um, and if I, if I share how I've lived my life, this up to this point, there is this fear that people will attack me because Mm. I have not, I mean, I've shared little tastes here and there on social media and on my Instagram and they have, but I've also seen waves of support for every, let's say, five attacks that I've gotten on the Internet. I, it's followed with 50 people singing praises and appreciation and gratitude. And so if I can't have one without the other, well, then fuck it. Here we go. Come on now. So then. Through that lens, we're basically looking kind of at all of last year. And so I'll kind of speed through it a little bit and bring us back to Q4 and more of the present moment. So. You know, as COVID started unfolding, lockdowns, um, shelter in place, it was a really beautiful thing in, in the midst of obviously like kind of catastrophe and tragedy and fear. I felt like there was a global solidarity. Yeah. Solidarity. There was like, Hey, we're in this together. Like, let's do this. And our little community here in Austin, I'm um, about 15 to 20 of like our kind of closest friends. Um, and yes, we have, we have more closer, like we have a lot of close friends and we mean it when we say it. Very close. Yeah. Um, like ride or die kind of style. Like yeah. we're going to support and raising each other's children and like, like big time, like, like a marriage of sorts. Yes, We invest a lot of time, energy, yeah. effort, money, resources into our friendships because yeah. we know that when it comes time for marriage and parenthood, oh yeah, we, we want people that we don't want to do it alone. And that's a really important point in the context of this conversation and relationships that I've certainly found for myself personally and and talking with other people and, and various coaching containers and whatnot, like when relationships, intimate relationships, husband, wife, if you will, or life partners, when it's just y'all like those two, it's, it's a, for me. And again, things I've seen, it's, 
it's a dangerous game. There's not enough there. I can't be everything for you and you can't be everything for me. And I think we have both seen that in our lives and in our business and friendships and whatnot. And so that was part of like, as we came to Austin, as we were grounding in, like we want to like find deep tribe that can like support us in all areas so that like our life partner doesn't have to be everything for us. Absolutely. Jordan Mm -hmm. would be around people 24 seven and I need some goddamn space every now and then. And so we wanted to be in a place where we could both be, where we could actually celebrate each other's differences and stop trying to force the other person to be more palatable. Like, you know, for me trying to make you more like me, I'm not in a relationship. Well, I have my own relationship with myself, but I'm not trying to date me. Totally. Anyway. Um, so as all this started unfolding, shelter in place, the 14 day quarantine, um, you know, slow the curve was kind of like the Flat, theme, flatten. flatten the curve. That's it. Yeah. Um, we're like, just like everybody else, we're I would say, it. right. Like we're stocked up on what we needed. We're in our houses. We're not going anywhere for 14 days. Fun fact. We actually just bought toilet paper for the first time since, since. I love that you pointed that out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, <laughs> so and at that time we're on the phone, I'm on the phone with my 60 something year old mom. And I'm like, mom, you need to take this seriously. Uh-huh. And because we just didn't know enough, we mm-hmm. didn't have enough did, information. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like, do this thing. Yeah. And I remember we did some Facebook lives. I was like scared in yeah. a sense, trying to transmute the energy of yeah. like fear into mm-hmm. something else. And it was yeah. hard. I even remember like, can I go outside of my home to my front and backyard? Like in the very beginning, like, is that okay? And then it started to be like, yeah, that's okay. Well, that, of course yeah. we like freaked ourselves out because yeah. we watched the movie pandemic. We yeah. watched the, the explained yeah. like vaccines or whatever it or pandemic explained yeah. on Netflix. We were absorbing the content. We were, we were in, in it. it. Yeah. And, and we had nowhere to go. Exactly. And I was so grateful for all of that. Cause I learned so much and like grounded in, and that was really the opportunity for us to like connect with our community on a whole nother level, especially that core. Cause I would say that we here in Austin, we have, I love to use the Dunbar's number concept, which this is like a evolutionary psychology theory. Um, this, this guy was looking at apes and saw that their communities were best when they were 150 and under because you could have personal relationships and like a vested interest in everybody in your community, your tribe. And as soon as you go after, like uh, above that number, yeah. you start to lose some of that. Yes. Or it starts it- to kind of break off. There starts to yeah. be more conflict and power dynamics and stuff. But when it's under 150, it's pretty solid. Um, and so we really like have that kind of a thing here in Austin. But again, our core is like more of that 10 to 20 range. Right. And so we were on text threads, sharing communication, doing, you know, the zoom calls and, and all that kind of stuff, did it for two weeks. And then it's like, okay, cool. We're going to start seeing each other in person. Cool. We haven't seen anyone else. So, so we know that weird. we've, you know, no contact outside of this group of people. Let's start you know, going to each other's houses or yeah. And and doing that kind of thing. Outside party. Mm -hmm. And my birthday, April 7th, uh, Alexa coordinated a little social distanced drive-by dance party. I was just going to say, did you drive by fruiting? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, this is doubt by reference. Yeah. Um, and that was so cool. Like, cause I was starved for connection because I, yeah, that, that really fuels me as being with people celebrating connecting like in person yeah, and not having very much of that at all um, was difficult. I was going a little stir crazy. And so having people, and it was like uh, maybe 20 people ish that came by more and they drove by. Yep. It, it was like a music blaring out of their cars music and, blaring and out of their cars. And they just 
outfits, you know, costumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They stopped like separated, like kind of by their cars in the uh-huh. street and just like danced around their cars. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, it was amazing. And I remember I was so nervous because I was like, is somebody going to call the police on us? Totally. And I'm so glad you just said that because it was actually quite the contrary. Our neighbors were like coming outside. They were taking videos. One of them sent me one of the videos and was like, man, that was so cool. And it Celebrating. was just, it was like everybody could feel that there is, we were being, cause this is, I guess what, three weeks now we're talking about after like the sort of shelter in place thing happened. So it's beyond the two it's week April. window, but yeah. So about three weeks, a little bit more. And I think everybody's feeling similar things. You know, everybody's having their own personal experience, but there's a similar vibe that I think people were experiencing at that time. And so it was like a really just beautiful thing. And then from there, I guess sort of slowly fast forwarding, um, connecting with our community, doing things together. And I also point out none of us in our, I would say squad, our core kind of community, mm-hmm. only one couple mm-hmm. had, has family here. Oh yeah. That's, that's important. And to that couple out. has gone through periods of very strict social distancing yes. mm-hmm. and had at one stage would come to things, but would sit on the total, like on the opposite side of where everybody yeah. else was. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was, and still is respect. hundred percent. And, un, and, a, and an under, like, maybe I don't fully understand what they are going through, like what's happening in their, inside their brain. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like a, Oh, I honor you, whatever mm-hmm. you decide here. So just want to also point that out, but it's everybody great. else, I'm not worried about seeing my mom. I'm not yeah. worried about seeing, and the way that we generally speaking live our life, we don't come in contact with really anybody else between yeah. having deliveries come to our home mm-hmm. and doing the vast majority of other stuff outside of, you know, close connection with some of our friends. It's outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to, throw that out there that our life is very different compared to the ways we've lived it before. Totally. And the way I think the vast majority of people live their life. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, love that you pointed all that out. And then moving through last year for me personally, and I, and I think I feel fairly comfortable generalizing some of this to you and to our community, but I definitely want to speak from my perspective and my experience. Um, I was very, as aware as felt reasonable about what's happening in the world, what, what kind of media is telling me, what people that I respect, admire, um, yeah. And trust on some level listening to all of that. And there's so much fucking noise and so much conflicting information out and there. And trying but, to stay away from the mainstream media. Yeah. Trying to be aware one foot in one foot out. Okay, cool. Here's what's happening. I think, or what I'm hearing yeah. out like in the, the world at large. And here's what's happening in my local community. Here's what's happening in my nuclear community, you know, my small kind of intimate group. And I'm, I'm aware of all this and seeing what's happening. I'm like, okay, so my personal reality, like, and how my reality is informed by like the data that's in my immediate sensory availability, it's different than what I'm seeing out there. Yeah. I'm not saying that out there is wrong or not true. I don't know. Right. I I simply don't know. And this is one of the strangest times in history from that perspective. It's like, it seems like everything's true and nothing's true. So I don't know what the fuck is true. And no matter what you decide, Mm -hmm. it's wrong. And it's probably going to change next week, if not in about three hours. That's been really interesting and and difficult to navigate. Yeah. The, the, 
in, in that, I'll just also add that for me, and I'm sure that this is for you too. And then, especially when we fast forward back into Q4, Mm -hmm. um, there were so many times where it was so confusing, like, I mean, it's still confusing, but I think, I think back at that time where I just, I legitimately did not know what to believe, what was true. And I felt like my brain was breaking where this, the, the, the volume of information that was coming, that was, you know, if it was conspiracy theory or is this truth, but mainstream media is also incorrect. And this is all fear-based and it just all of this stuff started swarming in. And I joked, I told my mom the other day, I said, I feel like I'm one step away from wrapping my head in aluminum foil and sitting in front of the TV, trying to communicate with the Pleiadians. Ah, yes. You know, like I just, am I going off my complete rocker? Like who's, who's the crazy people? And it's so hard. Am I the crazy person? Like it just so much back and forth. And the question of who are you? Who are you? And all year thinking I needed to outsource my truth and outsource my beliefs and outsource my faith. Like, please, it's just so conflicting inside of my body. Tell me what to do. Looking up to people in our community that I admire going, okay, I'm going to latch on to what you say because you feel safe and you feel righteous and you feel true. So I'll just do everything you say. Whoa, hang on. You're going off the deep end, mm-hmm. back up, retreat. Okay, Alexa, what do you really believe? I don't know. This is scary. What do I do? I'm on my period. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here like navigating that with her and and the wonderful (laughs) spectrum, depth and breadth of emotions of a female in particular, this one who's just got so much big energy that I so fucking love and is so difficult at times. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It was just so intense. So I don't know. Did you hear Biggie just bark downstairs? I did. That's why I was curious. I think he's doing he might just be doing his roly poly thing. I don't know. It was a little yelp, which makes me think he's got he's a potty in, or he's stuck in a, or he's stuck in a closet, a closet. Do you want to riff for a minute while I just go take a quick look or do we just trust that he's okay? Well, if he yelps one more time, okay, cool. then, then I can take it and you can go <laughs> check, check okay. on our child cool. who, for those of you who don't know, we have two dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a tiny French bulldog. Her name is Little and she is curled up on a cushion right behind us. That adorable little shit. And then we have mm-hmm. Biggie, who is a... Her big brother. Her big brother. He's 10 years old and is a blue nose pit bull, mm-hmm. Staffordshire Bull Terrier mix. Mm-hmm. And he is scary and a fucking teddy bear. Yeah. He's a scary teddy bear. It's quite the little dynamic duo. So Biggie and Little. Like he just wants all of the love. And also if you even come close to our front door and he doesn't know you, he will yeah, fuck you rip up. Rip your face off. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, mm. yeah, I don't want to go too far down that. Uh, like, but we he's could. our greatest form of like, I just being a, a single chick, when you go and travel mm. and do different things with your guys oh, and stuff, you are I protected. just, I'm protected. I, mm. I feel that way. So if it's not Biggie, then it's the night. And we got later. a couple guns now. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, that. that that's a Q4 thing. That's, don't go there <laughs> yet. Yep. 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 That's don't go there yet. It's a Q4 thing. Okay. So yeah, they're just touching on the confliction, mm. yep. the um, internal identity confliction. Mm-hmm. And so. And I love that you reference the outsourcing idea, right? Instead of insourcing. And I'm fairly confident in my ability to insource 
And that's not to say that outsourcing isn't important in a lot of ways and to be mindful of what's going on outside and discerning and taking things in and integrating so that then I can trust myself I, as more, as I have more experiences, I have a little bit more knowledge and more wisdom in the midst of all that. And I feel more confident in my discernment, the, the decisions I make. So as this has all been progressing, I guess we're moving kind of into the summer now. It's like, all right, our community, like we're fully good with us hanging with each other. And there's no, the questions that we were asking in the beginning and the boundaries that we had and expectations of one another started to shift into, okay, we know each other, we love each other, we trust each other, and we're going to just live from that place instead of trying to micromanage everybody's experience. Um, Because that was not good for our connection. It was not. And we don't feel at risk of of like, I don't feel in any sort of like real danger. I don't feel that um, there's a deadly virus that is going to kill me or, or my immediate people. I felt very confident in that. You believe that there's a deadly virus yes, or a virus that is deadly for some people. It can people. be deadly for some yes, people. But you, you have the faith that mm-hmm. it's not going to kill you. Yes. And then what started happening too, and it's important to note is that as this progressed, the months after everything kind of started moving into summer, um, we knew several people who had gotten COVID and most of their experiences were very mild. Some were a little bit moderate flu, somewhat of like a, just a bad flu. Yeah. It was like kind of the worst of it. I mean, we had friends. So during this whole year, two of our friends wound up pregnant. Yep. And one gave birth. <laughs> yep. And her baby was in the NICU and couldn't like had to, it was just incredible. And he got COVID. They all did they within, all did. within like a few weeks because her their parents came to visit and mm-hmm. helped them with the newborn and mm-hmm. they didn't know that they had COVID mm-hmm. and so gave it to all three of them. And the mm-hmm. baby had, um, yeah, it was just, everybody was fine. Yeah. Just share that mm-hmm. very generally. Everyone was fine. Um, only one of them lost their taste and smell. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if they know if little one wound up losing his taste or smell, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah, but it was also very mild. Mm-hmm. And so again, all these firsthand experiences, are informing our experience in life and like how we are navigating in our intimate direct community. And so as these things are continuing to progress and we're starting to open up more and that kind of takes us into Q4, I would say, unless yeah. there's anything you think glaring that I'm missing. Yeah. In there. And I think with, with us living public lives, mm-hmm. sharing a lot on social media, sharing our Instagram, um, you know, if somebody's just following us for for the first time at a certain stage in this journey of last mm. year of 2020, and they just see us with a bunch of people around us and they mm. take all of the rest of the stuff completely out of context and don't mm. really know our lives. And they think, what are these motherfuckers doing? They're spreading COVID around like, yeah. rah, rah, you know, and it's like, whoa, you do not know what mm. my life is actually like. Yeah. And as much as I share, you know, and I had this conversation with my mom. I was like, mom, I want to talk to you more. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I, you know, I, I watch your stuff online and I, I go, mom, that is not a replacement for having a conversation with your daughter. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, and she, it's finally starting to land for her that she feels like she's up to date with me because she watches all my stuff on social media. I mm-hmm. said, yeah, I know I'm showing. Yes, I share a lot. I also mm-hmm. share heavy or hard things that are going on in my life, but I'm not sharing everything. Totally. You know, I don't have the time <laughs> to share everything. 
you know, I'm not like, nobody got time for that. (laughs) So, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sharing all this stuff. I'm like, but some stuff's really hard. Yeah. And like, I, I, and, and you know, this for me individually and anyone who's listening here, that is a woman that is a feeling creature. Mm. I know women that are pretty steady all the time. Mm-hmm. Like their emotions are not crazy up and down. They're pretty steady. Um, and I know lots of men, of course. And then Jordan is also one of those steady, consistent, reliable, present. And I know a lot of women who are like me yeah. and I can go zero to a hundred in like 45 seconds. And I think that's more of the rule and not the exception, yes, so to speak. I feel I, comfortable making that generalization. I'm on human design, I am a six, two manifester. I'm a role, role model hermit and my <laughs> Human design lady, Barbara Ditlow. Uh, she, Old Barbski. She yeah, told Barb-ski. me, she told me you're on the wave. And so that means I am, I am up and down yeah, and all around. And so anyway, mm-hmm. Sharon, I see you fellow mm-hmm. feelers mm-hmm. throughout this process and throughout the, the journey that 2020 was in, in a sense still is even into 2021, mm-hmm. there were I'll use this as a bit of an analogy. A lot of people go into relationship. Mm-hmm. I like you. I want to have sex with you. Maybe I'll envision a family and whatever with you in the future. And so will you be my boyfriend? Will you be my partner? Will you be my girlfriend? Whatever. And then there is this assumption that you will be monogamous. Mm-hmm. And then you just are in this monogamous relationship without ever talking about it. Mm. And I find that's a very heteronormative kind of thing because people who like other, like other expressions and, and have other sexual preferences and relationship preferences, if it's not a heteronormative kind of relationship that they got to talk about it because it's different. And so, you know, there's these assumptions. We spoke about that very early on in our relationship. Where are we on the scale of open, closed, where, where our curiosities, all of that. I'm making this analogy more or less to the, the feelings that came up with navigating COVID. Are you paying attention to see if Biggie yelped again? If someone were at the door, he'd be barking. That's true. These are little, I'm sad yelps. Okay. So anyway, more or less like these assumptions that in partnership, like what you believe in COVID and what you believe in the pandemic, I also need to believe and think and feel, but we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to keep going. Assumptions make you an ass. I've heard it said. Right. Right. So we talked throughout this time, Mm -hmm. but in a sense, I think because we needed to put on this united front, Mm -hmm. we lost a bit of our individuality in a sense in, in this whole, okay, I'm confused and I'm, I'm outsourcing my beliefs and things mm-hmm. and feelings and whatever. So then we just became a unit. A little, little entanglement, a little yes. meshment. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so going into, well, we're 30 minutes in and we're finally back to Q4. So here we go. We got engaged. Mm-hmm. We prepared for Thanksgiving here. Mm-hmm. We had a Thanksgiving here. Moved into prepping for seeing family. Mm-hmm. and. That's really where the most intense, mm-hmm. the mo- for us personally, the, mm-hmm. the intensity that we got to experience in this whole COVID pandemic, all, all the things, mm-hmm. the fucking election, all of it. Yep. Like our intensity was right around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a couple more things I want to say, like a, a dis- another disclaimer of sorts. I have 
never changed my mind sort of this drastically and this, this much in such a short period of time. And one could say, well, you don't know what you stand for. Like you stand for everything. So nothing there, there is that extreme that some people or could that interpret. If you were in the middle, then you, if you were neutral or in yep. the middle of something that a lot of people think is black or white, mm-hmm. then you are choosing the side of the oppressor. And if you believe this thing over here, then you can't believe this thing over here. It's like you're all in this direction or all in this direction. And, and, and now I, there's a narrative that if you're over there, you are lying. Yeah. And you're fundamentally like flawed. against the flawed. You're a yeah. bad human mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't deserve to be in society. God, that is a dangerous like narrative. Um, um, I would say, and this is my belief, is that people that are courageous enough to have a belief and change that belief and do that constantly throughout their life. That is actually a massive sign of growth to me. That is like, I'm, I'm humbled to be able to believe one thing and then turn around and believe something else. And then even come back to that original belief, but with a different, through a different lens. Yeah. I've had to come to terms with that. You know, I remember back when I made this declaration to the world that I was no longer monogamous. I did not believe in monogamy. You show she showed me a post she did twenty seven four years ago, something like that. And it was just I want to say funny, because yes, but it was just more like wow. It's like yeah. and like just compassion and yes. for a previous version of yourself. One of the lines literally says, I hate children. <laughs> I hate them. And now she wants my seed. So wanting your seed and wanting a child well, are different things. I beg to differ. Jordan. They are ish. Y'all know if y'all are listening to this show, then it's okay for me to say that. But like, <laughs> come is hot. Yeah. Baby, though, <laughs> like on the other side of it, uh, <laughs> that really <gasps> all depends. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you just said come is hot is fucking hot. Yeah. 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 And she's licking her lips right now, y'all. Oh my God, <sighs> stop it. I will never, ever. Stop it. Fun fact. I actually went to Jordan and said, okay, I'm finally ready to do this, this podcast. But I said... Um, so we are going to have sex, then we are going to have coffee Mm. and then we are going to record our podcast about COVID controversy and conflict. conflict. And I was like, yes, that sounds like a great lineup. Because going into this, I want to, I want to be connected with you. And so sex is a tool for connection. It's not Mm. the only thing that leads to connection, but I knew that if we did that, before coming on to, you know, to record, we would be, we would flow better. And I'll just throw a little teaser that I think we'll come back to, to round out this episode. Everything's available on the other side of sex. Mm. That was a little mantra that came through in our our weekend love affair getaway. We're going to get to it. Yeah. Why we were even on a weekend love affair getaway. It wasn't really a love affair at first. It was more (laughs) like a, we need to go to away for a weekend to make sure that we don't kill each other. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So... It's now, and I feel like we've been dancing around it because it's heavy. Uh, Sure. Y'all, we got the vid. We got the old vid ski. We got the vid. How it wound up happening, we don't know. We've traced it back and I actually think I might have gotten it from the spa that I get my eyelashes done Mm -hmm. because the timeline from when my lash lady had it and when I got it were Mm -hmm. just, it lined up. And when we were prepping for... 
holiday stuff that was a part of my preparation was getting my lashes done, my nails, my lashes, all of that. And um, we'd seen a couple of groups of people preparing for like, you know, not preparing. We'd seen a couple of groups of people just in holiday shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And as we were getting ready to go, like people were getting tested, different people were going to like, they were doing social distancing because of whatever, you know, they were going to see Gam Gam and Gam Gam's 90 and she's a smoker, like something like that. Like I just made that up, but they had their different ways of navigating that time right before the holidays. So, um, anyway, we'd seen a couple groups of people. We wound up, um, getting the vid and mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter where we got it from. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, because us just living lives like me going to the spa or you go mm-hmm. and this is like living the life outside of. Yeah. Just living the way we were living. It's inherently risky. Life mm-hmm. in general is inherently risky. Mm-hmm. And so You're um, guaranteed to die. Guaranteed. That's the only thing. <laughs> that's the only thing that I think that, that I every single of. person on the planet has in common. Yep. That, that is an initiation we will all achieve at some point. Uh-huh. So yeah, it really, it really didn't matter um, that point, but I did track it because it's kind of like all of a sudden I need to tell somebody that I had chlamydia yeah. or something. And like, I just need to make sure that all the pieces mm-hmm. and parts. And so when we wound up testing positive, we shared that information with our mm-hmm. core people, but we also shared it, believe it or not, with our Dunbar's number. Yeah. And some people, I think when we, when we, and we're going to talk about the fact that we were public about us getting COVID in just a second. But, um, one of the things that people said was like, if you are connected with a hundred people, how did you message? Did you message a hundred people individually? And I, and I, to, I have a thing to say, (laughs) that Uh thing is y'all clearly don't live in Austin Mm -hmm. and y'all clearly have not experienced Austin community text threads. (laughs) We are talking to people on Telegram, on Signal, on WhatsApp, on Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. in text messages. I'm in some messages that I feel like there's like 20 people in it. Yeah. So within 10 minutes, you could alert 100 people. Totally. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. So the answer mm-hmm. was, yes, we were in communication. And what was interesting is the majority of the people that we were close with just before we wound up getting tested, mm-hmm. right before we wound up testing positive, all of them came back negative. Yeah. All of them mm-hmm. did. So anyway, rolling that out there. Mm -hmm. We wound up quarantining Mm -hmm. officially Mm -hmm. in Austin. Yes. Well, and just to quickly provide a bit more context, we had all these plans for the holidays and we were in Ohio when we tested positive. And so we had just flown there and we were the day that we were about to see most of my family is when we started to have a little bit of the sniffles. Yeah. Well, for me, I thought I really struggle with allergies. Totally. I, super common, like throughout the year. We're like particular this time of year. a supernatural product household, organic, yeah. buzzword rich, whatever. But I cannot give up the Flonase. <laughs> That's like the one thing that I can't give up because mm-hmm. I really struggle with allergies. And my uh, typical allergy symptoms are kind of spoiler alert, worse than the COVID yeah. stuff. But there were a couple of things, like I just thought it was allergies. Mm-hmm. And it was only when you, like I said to you and you're like, yeah, something's a little weird mm-hmm. that I started c- kind of being extra critical of what mm-hmm. I was experiencing. And then it was like, should we just go ahead and get tested just in case? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we could beat this dead horse and I want to necessarily do that, but I'll just also say that yeah, one to maybe three times a year, I get a little cold. It's like well, yeah, you're last one exactly one to three days, and it's yeah, sniffles kind of a thing. So pre-COVID area era, it's like that's what it is. 
obviously in it, it's like, okay, let's be overly cautious. And we were, and I'm grateful that we were. Right. Um, Even though your grandfather, who we were supposed to see the next day uh, said, I don't care. Well, and very important context. My family, my mom is a lifelong smoker. She's in her mid sixties. My grandpa is in his mid late seventies. Um, not particularly unhealthy and none of them are particularly unhealthy, but they're all definitely in the at risk population. They also live in an area that's not terribly resourced. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And however, when we told them (laughs) we're in our hotel room and we're about to drive home, rent a car and drive home. Very much like a, what the fuck do we do? Like we have to make a decision. Yeah. And we had already made our decision. Okay, cool. We renting a car tomorrow morning and we're driving home. Right. We're just going to drive 20 plus hours with both dogs. Both dogs, super, (laughs) and a little tiny Ford Fiesta. That's all we could get. Yeah. It's just, Mm -hmm. we had to make a decision. Yeah. We couldn't stay where we were. And there was, yeah, we did. We made the decision that was best for us along that journey. Yeah. I'm just sharing that because. And being most like responsible and mindful of others. Right. And so like that was something that like people clued in on as we mm. shared a little bit of it publicly that had something to say. And it's like, oh, you drove all the way. What the fuck else are we supposed oh, to do? Stay in a hotel for 10 days? And people will say, yes, you were supposed to. And you know what? I have to say, like, we're doing the best that we can with the resources that we have and the finances that we have and the life that we have. And if you have She's some fiery, shit y'all. to say, I love you. And fuck off, like go get a goddamn hobby and leave us alone. And, but if you can understand and you can look at us and say, I don't agree with what you did, but I can still see your heart and I can still see you're human and I can meet you where you're at because I'm also not perfect. Then I fucking Mm. love you. Yeah. So, and stay please. Yes. Great. Stick around. Okay. (laughs) Got to calm down. So I told y'all I could go zero to a hundred in less than 45 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm glad that you pointed out some of the the energy in the midst of all this. It is so divisive. So disconnected is this social justice warrior. And we don't need to go far into that. You kind of just touched on it, but like I don't need you to condemn me, to judge me. How about like, we have had beautiful conversations with people in person and online that have different beliefs that have like, and as they've communicated those in a heart connected space, we've gotten closer and I've become better, more like well-rounded by having those kind of tense, what can be tense conversations because they've been navigated with connection and love. Yes. And also our story is still going. Yeah. So just so you know, Mm -hmm. we're at like, the extreme point of tension. Well, sort of. It's going to drag on. We're yeah. going to go ha- kind of have ups and downs, but then we'll eventually land the plane. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so there's so, still more to the story. Yes. So my family more or less was like, we don't care. Like stay. That was like, and we were, and I was kind of surprised and also not. And we're like, no, we're not going to do that. So we didn't do that. Drove home 20 plus hours with the dogs and minimally conscious, you know, stop to get gas, wear our masks, like doing all the Spray things our hands, we can do. Stay away from people, <laughs> yeah. all the things, because we, we want to do, we want to make the best choices in the moment and we want to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And that changes every five seconds. Yeah. Like what is the right thing? It's just yeah. like constant back and forth. And, and anyway. I feel within myself, I feel very good about Same. how we navigated it and Same. learned a lot. Yes. Um, we did a little virtual Christmas with my family because as we were leaving, um, we got the presents for my mom and waved goodbye to her from 10 plus feet away. Um, she was in her car and it was really sad. It was really fucking sad. I like feel 
little little lump in my throat as I even yeah. think about it. We're going to see her though. I bought tickets by the way, so we'll be there next month. Oh, awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, so we go home, we do, we do this little virtual Christmas that was awkward and also cool. The fact that we could do a little zoom Christmas with my family and open presents that, that the fact that that's available is great. Yeah. That was the day that we started to lose our taste and smell. Yep. And so then we get home and we do the shelter in place, so to speak, quarantine thing at home for yeah. the next uh, 10 days, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in total, yeah, we did the 10 day quarantine and or isolation. Or isolation. We, yeah. we stayed as far away from people as yes. we could along the journey. Yes. And then also, and then once we were in one place, it was okay. Now we stay. Yeah. Um, and we were fine. Yes. And so then that brings us to sharing about it, sharing about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I did some stories. I took video along the way. I didn't want to share that this was what was going on for us in real time. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I've started to do as things have gotten weirder and weirder Mm -hmm. for us on social media is I'll take video and pictures of something and then I'll make a story a couple of days later. Mm -hmm. Um, and a part of that is for our safety. Sure. So, but, and and then a part of it is because I want to sit with the experience and I want to process yes. it and I want to make sure I'm asking myself, how do I individually outside of the experience, how do I feel about it? Mm-hmm. So I took some videos, I took some pictures, um, and then I wound up sharing the story, um, of the experience mm-hmm. on my Insta stories. Yeah. And the last thing I did get a little edgy and this like isn't really in my lane, so to speak, as a sex, love and relationship person, but this was just my life. And I said something to the effect of like, it's absurd that the whole country is, has been brought down for this. And I'm talking about my experience at that time. And it's, it's just, it was hard. Mm -hmm. It was hard for some people to hear that, I think. Um, and then some of you might be listening to this and you know that Jordan and I are very close with JP and Amber Sears. They're some of our best friends. We've been really good friends with them. I've known them since our second date, Mm -hmm. you know, at Envision Festival. Mm -hmm. And we went to their wedding. I have so much admiration and respect. He's going to be the officiant of our wedding. He's going to be the officiant (laughs) at our wedding. And he wound up sharing that um, little video of me saying like, this is absurd that this is, you know, that the whole country was taken down for this. And, um, and I wound up like some of you are probably listening to this podcast and you found me through them um, because they've also been on the show to talk about their journey into becoming parents and getting pregnant and everything. So they're on like episode three, I think of the show. And, um, I wound up having a lot of people, like there was some confusion, there was some like upsetness. Um, and, and expressing to me that uh, there was a lack of sensitivity, even though I was speaking about my experience and how I felt. And it's like, hang on, you don't know what I'm sensitive to. Like, you, you don't know me. And I think that that's really important for people to understand on the internet. You don't really know the people that you're interacting with. A 15 second clip. And then people get fucking keyboard warrior style. Even, yeah. And they just like, and there's no, there's no consequence or like responsibility. They don't have to take any responsibility for the things that they share. Um, you know, with their words. So anyway, that got shared. And so some of you found your way to me. And so I'm like grateful for that in a sense. And, and I hear you, you're ready. I have so many things to say. Tell them. Um, and I don't want to go too far off the rails because I do want to bring it back to our relationship in the present moment, because the energy that that opened up in our relationship was so important and so difficult. Um, but I do want to say, 
just sort of to close the COVID loop in a sense, um, our full experience of like the sickness was well less than a week. For me, it was really only about three to four days of a very mild cold. For you, it was very similar, except maybe an extra day of that mild yeah. cold and a little bit more than the mildness of mine. Yeah, I had a little bit more intensity <clears throat> than you. And I think where even more comes from it, if we think mm. about, I'm just going to get a tiny bit woo, it's not extreme woo, but mm. the whole world is affected by this thing. Mm. Their fear, their energy, their attention, their presence, their aggression, their boredom, all of that is is being fueled, is being pushed into this virus. Mm. And now this idea, this energy, this virus is inside of my body. Mm. And so I think just the energetics of it and just knowing that it was in, inside of mm. me was a very anxiety producing. Sure. And so I'm still moving through the anxiety stuff. And like mentally, I went to some like really dark places, which I've now realized what isn't a symptom of COVID, but that is a yeah. symptom of COVID as well is like suicidal thoughts and like some really spirally things that it's like, holy shit. I'm glad that you said that because that's something I wanted to mention too, is that as we started sharing about it, a lot of people started reaching out to us and being like, oh yeah, I got it. And my experience was really mild too. And and that it was almost like they were afraid, afraid to, to say, say that it. because it was like some people have had really difficult experiences and therefore like it sharing my personal experience is invalid and I might even get shamed yeah. for not like continuing to sort of like be ultra sensitive and and I'm not just sensitive but almost like I need to like fuel the narrative of the fear and like the the very real unfortunateness and just tragedy that is a part of this and if I don't fuel into that and I'm like more just sharing my experience and maybe even being positive about it. Like that's insensitive. It's not allowed. And that is a really dangerous principle to live from. I believe. I agree. As it, there needs to be a balance in everything. Exactly. And that's not to like excuse being like an arrogant prick about something, which I learned a little, little lesson about that. Um, and I'll just mm -hmm. quickly, since I brought it up, I did a post around I survived COVID. And I came from a place of wanting to empower and inspire my community, like my extended community. And it was basically, don't be afraid. Yes. Like it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And it's not something to pour your fear into, I think. Yes. hundred percent. And without going too much into it, it caught fire. Literally and the PC virtual police, fire. social justice warrior community. And I'm just going to say that because that's my perspective. Conspirituality podcast gang. Yeah. And just a lot of people it was like, oh, we got him. Like, let's gang up and cancel this motherfucker. And so I've heard of cancel culture. I've seen it. And sort of being the the recipient of it was a very interesting experience. That could be a whole podcast in and of itself. I won't go there other than it's just, it was like, I got to see and feel firsthand a lot of the anger and sadness in the world and fear. And it was like, it was yeah, holding that and being, again, the recipient of it, of like a lot of really hateful words and energy, sad. Like I felt a lot of sadness. Yeah. And we, we, we heard of it catching fire and starting to the first stages of virality on mm -hmm. Facebook, literally a couple hours before we were ringing in the new year. Yeah. And like we we're with a group of friends and that brings us kind of more into the story. Uh, this was officially the end of our quarantine from COVID was on New Year's. 
And that was... We were one day past the 10-day CDC. One day past, yeah, CDC guidelines. Yeah. And we had been symptom-free for many days. That was Jordan. I was symptom-free for maybe three. Yeah, so I had been. And so again, reading things and being the most informed and feeling really good about having that outside information and feeling into our bodies and communicating with our community. Yeah. There was a collective decision. Yeah, come to New Year's. We feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Let's celebrate together. Um, we feel safe. We feel all the things. And that was, again, a group decision and really beautiful. And so then I, I'm informed of like what's happening with this post I did. And so I'm feeling all kinds of shit and <laughs> talk to my community, my men and people that uh, I just that know me and that love me and that see me and and know my heart and what my intentions are with how I show up in the world. And they really just like supported me through flowing a lot of like fear and intensity. I ended up being a really beautiful night and the energy didn't stop there. There It wasn't, it wasn't done. No, definitely. And it's still not done. But I remember sitting on the couch with you Mm -hmm. and everyone's, you know, on their champagne and whatever, (laughs) um, to celebrate ringing in the new year. And you and I are sober hanging out on the couch and looking at each other. And I think tears were just kind of like casually streaming down my face as I looked to you. And I said, this feels really big. Like, I know it's just a post and I know it's some angry people on the internet, but outside of the exactly what was happening, it felt, I don't know if y'all who are listening have ever felt this way. Like when you're on the verge of like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I, there's no turning back from here. It's yep. like a growth moment. And, and, and again, I'll just sprinkle a little ascension. Mm. You can feel like you're on the brink of ascension to the next level of consciousness and awareness. And it's scary. And it, it's like, yeah. I, who I am like literally moments before this feeling, I'm now getting further away from that person and I'm going somewhere new. And that's scary. There's a shift, a change. There is a shift. And I felt it as this started, as it came up, I was like, Oh shit. And then I immediately thought, and I remember speaking this to to you and and articulating it that night because I showed up in a supportive role from Mm -hmm. then and up until I think even now in a way that I've never shown up before. And I looked at you and I said, like, this is only going to get worse for a minute here. Mm -hmm. And I said, but everything that we want in our relationship is on the other side of this. The man that I am so happy to call husband is on the other side of this. It's through this. The man that I am so just honored and privileged to bring a child into the world because I no longer hate children. I'm open, but it's through this. And I felt it. And it was like, are you sure it's just a little, you know, kind of virally heated post on the internet? Am I really giving this connection to it? But I felt it in my body that what you were going to go through and the challenges that this was going to bring up for you as a, as a person and what you know of yourself, ego, all of that stuff. I was like, this is good. Like this is really fucking sucky and it's so good. Yeah. Agreed. And was definitely feeling a lot of those same things. So then moving through that night and over the course of the next few days, uh, I felt like, cause I could have very easily deleted the post. I could have yeah, done any number of things, but there was something and you, and I want to underscore what you just said around your support during that time I don't know how, what would, how I would have handled it without you. 
and like your just like ruthless support and and not like blind loyalty. Like I, I don't want to, that's, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you're just support of me fully and all of it. And, and like, I'll say guidance was just so important. I love you. And I thank you for that. And it is happening still right now. Mm. But what that, like you said, what that opened up the energy the breakdown before the breakthrough kind of vibes, the constriction before the expansion that I've experienced so many times in my life that I, I sort of know those feelings and that process, even though I don't know what it's actually going to look like, I can identify the feelings in my body and like what's, you know, are some signs outside of me pointing to like that transition, that transcendence ascension happening. And this was that. So for the next few days, kind of navigating more controversy around it. I'm feeling like, what do I do here? I need to do something. I need to like respond, retaliate. It felt like every day we woke up and there was another, another fire to put out and landmine that we accidentally rolled in, you know, over. And there's this like, really, I don't want to go into it, but there's a group of people that are screen recording it. This is where it gets like creepy y'all. And like, like what the fuck mm-hmm. um, is people are screen recording our content mm-hmm. and chopping it up and taking things out of context and then writing write-ups and then saying things and, you know, like saying things like, I hope we die and we That's don't heavy. deserve to live. Mm-hmm. And people messaging and commenting because they'd latch onto my stuff and say that, that, you know, things like they hope we never may, we never have a baby. Mm-hmm. We never have children saying things like, just like, I don't even, I don't even want to keep going down it, but so dark and so yeah. disgusting. And, you know, th- this brought up so much for us as a couple, because we hope so many times where we look at what we show, like how we show up online and the and ways that we've chosen. Like I feel so much purpose in helping people with their relationships mm-hmm. and helping them navigate this perpetually nuanced situation of life mm-hmm. to feel even in the times where it's so dark and whatever to still go, I deserve pleasure. Mm-hmm. Like I feel so much purpose in that. And a part of it is being public where we've like asked each other, like, are we into this? Like, do we want to keep, like, do we turn back? Do we want to keep going forward? And the answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. We want to keep moving forward. And then there's that question of are we do we want to go forward because it's ego? Because we like the attention. Now you're getting there, yeah. Because we are inherently narcissistic or whatever. And mm-hmm. I have felt the way that I have felt about my purpose and the work that I do way before I had any attention. And that was never the the lead for me. Mm-hmm. I'm a role model hermit. I like to go do my thing. And then I like to crawl in a cave. Basically, that's how I like to live life. But so just my little, another little piece from me, but I know you still have more. Plenty. Yeah. And so kind of bringing it back to the energy that it opened up, it was, it was shining a light on a lot of my shadow, Mm -hmm. ego, some immaturity, um, some seeking a validation and significance outside of myself. Um, that's been something in my life that has been a really wonderful gift and skill is my kind of super connector abilities, um, bringing people together, both in event contexts, um, just like yeah, connecting people and being very diplomatic and likable 
And something I've like prided myself in is saying I have more close friends than anybody I know. And while that's beautiful on the one hand, the shadow of that is it's a lot of energy outward. It's a lot of um, managing people's opinion and expectations of me. It's being a good little boy. It's, you know, sometimes even being edgy for edginess sake to have people think I'm cool like me. Like, yeah, I'm not impervious to that kind of thing. And what that situation showed me is that if you want to continue this route of being seen, of sharing your voice, all those kinds of things with that is going to come scrutiny. Can you handle it? And can you have your ego in check in the midst of it? And can you be really mindful and discerning in your decision-making and just how you go through that process? And the answer was, yes, I can. And in order to do that, I need to take a break. Right. Well, it was like everything that you knew of yourself mm-hmm. was immediately challenged in one fell swoop and yeah. like the snap of a fing- finger, everything that you know, love, admire about yourself, your superpowers were just a vacuum sucked to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then I would say even our immediate community was kind of like, Whoa, like, yeah. what do we do with this? And, and it's an ongoing conversation. And I mean, a lot of us live very public lives. And so it comes with lots of layers of conversation and how do we support each other in speaking our truth, whatever our truth is in that moment, knowing that it might change later. So how do I support you while also making sure I have my boundaries clearly stated mm-hmm. and there's respect yeah. on, on going both ways. So it's just like such an incredible yeah. <laughs> dynamic conversation and, and just dynamic situation to navigate. Yeah. And you kind of pointed to something that we've alluded to a bit in this conversation, but like what is so important to me and I believe to you and us is to have heart-based connection, get a little woo-woo here, as opposed to agreement-based connection. Right. So mental agreements, they can change often, right? New information, new experiences come in, my mental beliefs change. But as long as my heart is always in this place of wanting to understand and to connect and to see and be seen and like exercise empathy and compassion, then those beliefs can change. And as long as the person on the other side of me is coming from that same place, we can remain close and connected and even more close and connected actually. And so that's, what's been a beautiful opportunity in the midst of this is to like challenge that edge and that notion. And so Coming back to more of the present, because this is now we're coming up on about a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I decided to take a break from social media um, mm-hmm. and it was, it had been a long time coming. I'd been feeling in particular the past few months, but even like the past couple years, like wanting to take a very significant break from the, the noise of it all. Yeah. And I for sure was ready for that as well, because I remember I kept looking at you going like I... I was like, I don't want to teeter him over the edge and I don't want to piss him off and I don't want to add more fuel to this fire. But what the fuck is this for? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the purpose of what yes. we are going through? Who are you and why are you sharing this this way? Yes. And it, something I, I always come back to is this is happening for me, not to me. I'm not a victim. I am like an empowered being. And everything that happens in my life 
that is the, the energy I come from. Cool. I'm like, this isn't happening to me, but actually I believe there is a divine plan that God has my back. Right. If I can believe that and I can show up and meet that energy, there is so much growth and just gifts galore in that. Right. And that means you need to take radical responsibility radical for the responsibility. choices. And so, yeah, you, you know, stream ownership, this whole thing, very much an initiation, sort of a wild <laughs> initiation process. And for those of us who are like personal development junkies for lack of, a lack of a better term, um, where it's just like always wanting to put ourselves in these kind of gnarly situations, whether it's the breath work or the plant medicine or the whatever mm -hmm. to, to help us facilitate some kind of change. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I like to think that we have a nice healthy balance between seeking those kinds of experiences and then giving ourselves plenty of time for integration. Totally. And understanding to try to understand what actually happened in those experiences um, versus those people that just like it's one thing after the other after the other yeah. and, they, and they don't actually let themselves sit with the the processing of it. Mm. Um, but let's just say like we were going to go on an ayahuasca retreat this past mm. year. It got canceled because of the wildfires because of mm. 20, 2020 COVID, had yeah. so much shit, mm. right? It was COVID and it was wildfires and yep. it was all this stuff. And um, that was us choosing the initiation. Yes. So you don't always get to, you don't you know always get to choose. We knew we wanted and we got engaged mm -hmm. and we said like, this is what we were excited for in our life. And we knew, I think we knew where we wanted to go, mm -hmm. knew that there was going to be some work in order to get there, but we don't get to change the fucking work. Yeah. The God's got a plan. Yep. The universe, there's a plan mm -hmm. and it only makes sense looking backwards. Hindsight's twenty twenty, as I've heard it said. Right? I try to make these dots make sense in the present moment. I'm fucking lost in it. Mm -hmm. Lost but in itself. Looking back, it all makes sense. Yeah. So for us, I think, you know, kind of looping it back around um, to us and our relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think through this, you coming up close to who are you without these things that you know of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then really challenging, yep. am I doing what I'm doing for ego? Mm -hmm. Am I, you know, I know you're not a narcissist or whatever. <laughs> and people throw that, that word around, like, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't even, I was going to say something that didn't make any sense, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, they it just throw it, they throw it around lot. all willy nilly and it dilutes the fact of what a true narcissist actually is, mm -hmm. which most of those people don't get diagnosed because they're too narcissistic to go get help. Mm -hmm. So you are not that. I know the contents of your heart. I know the quality of your character. And mm -hmm. I know that even though that word got thrown at you a lot, mm -hmm. and I know that you know that you're not that, but it's still, I think, wound up setting something off inside of you that said, am I this? Mm -hmm. Am I these things? And that, while I don't agree with all of the craziness that came in our direction. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with any of the things that were really shared with us. I'm grateful that that stuff was delivered. Mm -hmm. However, it was delivered because it has you questioning, still mm -hmm. questioning who am I and what I stand for. Yeah. Big time. And yeah, a really a, a righteous challenge, <laughs> a little stewing on her bone and just making all kinds of noises. Um, and an opportunity for me to come to a place of like, how can I really be in pure presence and with divine intention? And that's something that's always kind of been swirling in my life. And it was like, in order to be so, so present and have the deepest, most pure intentions, I have to like come back to simplicity, get rid of the things that may be fueling my ego and validating 
and little dopamine hits from seeing how many likes a, a post has or any of that kind of stuff. And so deciding to get off social media, that was, it was all happening. And then as I was making these decisions like that and others that you know, I, I'm still like, not sure if it was the right decision. Oftentimes I don't think there is a right or wrong. It's just a choice. And then things come from that choice. And I, again, believe that all the choices are building toward what's happening and what's unfolding, making that choice. And then us being like, okay, let's take a breath. There's a lot that has been happening and bless your fudging heart for holding so much like for me that you didn't ask for, except you did being my partner and me just being in it, like being so unsure, being, having fear, just having intensity and doing my best to like react to it all. <laughs> and that's a big thing this season is being proactive rather than reactive. And on that note for our relationship, we need to be more proactive. That was like a thing that came up. It's like, whoa, we've sort of taken for granted the baseline of our connection, which is solid and beautiful, but we have gotten I, I think, but we have gotten really wrapped up in our lives, in our work, in a lot of things kind of outside of us, certainly as a couple, as well as like individually, we need to come back to like our connection, our relationship, our love, our path of becoming husband and wife, mother and father, and wanting to like build a legacy and like have an impact on the world that's positive and you are crushing that game. And I have in seasons, but I've also felt of late a little, my energy is going in a lot of different directions because I am that kind of a guy. And that's, again, one of my beautiful gifts is being able to to do a lot of things and support a lot of things, but also the shadow is, yeah, it's like diluting of energy. And so this opportunity to simplify things and come back to the most important thing, which is like my individual sovereignty, my knowing of my purpose and my intentions and the impact I want to have. And then that overflowing into you and our relationship. And like, again, going from the inside out instead of like the outside in, which that shift somewhere along the line kind of happened for me. And so then we decide, okay, let's get away. Let's, we need to like go away for a weekend just you and I off the grid out in nature and reconnect because there's been a lot that has come our way and we need to like integrate it and come back to love and come back to us. Agreed. And I'll say some of what else came our way because I I just, I feel this also like I really want to share this too. Some of what else came our way was finally having people that we are very close with wind up getting COVID Mm. and having a hard time with it. And we couldn't have really had that level of empathy until we experienced it Mm. um, first, firsthand. And so someone that I am very close with and I love a lot wound up having a very challenging, still having a very challenging time. Mm. We don't think that we got it from the same place. And again, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, And the the heaviness of that person, not even, not just like going through a hard time, but the heaviness of them not being able to be in my life because they were busy trying to get better. Mm. It just put a lot of things into perspective. And while I kept saying the words, you know, this is my experience. And if you have something different, then I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I don't, 
you know, but mm-hmm. it's like, I kept saying the words not not that I didn't say that it was more like, um, I'm sympathetic, mm-hmm. but I didn't really have anything to hold mm-hmm. on to for that. And so this was also something very challenging. I can like feel the, the emotion rising. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want people to like, I am a safe place for whatever you believe in whoever you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that there were some times that I realized in, in hindsight, looking back that the ways that I shared things or the ways that I showed up could have hurt people like in a way that I'm, I, I can see now yeah. and I'm connected with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there have been some shifts internally with how I feel about the whole pandemic situation. Mm-hmm. I still inherently have the same beliefs. I'm still feeling just as much for the people who have closed their businesses down and have had a multi, let's say a multi-generational business. And because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, they are now closing their doors and can't feed their family. I feel just as much for the people who have lost their livelihood in their businesses as I feel for the people who have lost a loved one. And I feel especially for those that have lost a loved one And they couldn't even go be with them while they were in the process of losing them. I feel for all of it. Mm -hmm. And so it was all really put into perspective when people that I care about and admire, when they came to me and said, Hey, I love you. And this, you said these things and this is what came up for me. Mm -hmm. So I had to wind up being open to feeling your experience and taking some from some things off of you so that you could navigate it. And then also losing, um, you know, I wound up not having any help or assistance with business. I'll just Mm -hmm. put it at that for a little while. And then getting all of these messages back. And then I am that woman that feels I was literally suffocating underneath all of that pressure. And I would go, it was taking everything in me not to completely fall apart. I had, you know, I used to have panic attacks in college. They started in college and I think a lot of meditation and personal development and all that self-work has really helped with those things, but they're not fully gone. Like I, things happen and then I can see that darkness. It's like right over there sitting in the corner. And if I even indulge a little bit, if I just go touch it a little bit, it will swallow me. And so I feel like I have this persona and in a lot of ways, I am this like strong, fierce, ferocious, don't fuck with me and mine. I got you, Leo, loyalty, fire, all of that. But then I am also like deeply sensitive. Mm-hmm. And so the it's like a paradox and I teeter back and forth. And so all of this coming at me and just feeling this like deep grief for people and also for myself, because it was another level of who are you, Alexa? Mm-hmm. And I've learned through this process. I've really learned like, oh, there's that inner voice. Was I really sharing in the ways that I was sharing? Because I believed that in that way. And it was my best and highest self to share the way that I shared. Or was it because I was getting wrapped up in the way that other people I care about are sharing it? And so this is this was another element of like, I am so in this relationship with you 
and I am my own fucking person. And people were like clumping me together with you. And then it's, and, and at the same time, I'm like, yeah, and I'm supportive. And so it's just this, so many questions, like where does my level of support, where does it, how do I show up and where's the line? Where do I celebrate you and your uniqueness? And where is, where are we united at, you know, on, on this front and super challenging and really so much of what we needed to navigate in order to get ready for wiping my tears off my face in order to get ready for marriage and parenthood. And so just if you're listening to this and like something that I did or said or shared just hit you in a way that hurt, I'm sorry. And I don't use the words I'm sorry very frequently. I use it when it matters and I use it when I mean it. And I'm not sitting here, white girl, crocodile tears, just wanting you to forgive me, feel sorry for me. And I'm just so fucking tired of the conversation like that. How about this? I'm a feeling person and I'm sorry. So I I like felt that big come up when you were sharing where I just was like, I also want to say that too. So that's the place that I was in trying to talk myself off of a ledge, trying to like having these waves of like intense support and channeling some really deep shit for Jordan and for our relationship. And then we got to a point where like, it just, the noise was so loud. We had to, we had to get out of there. And so we went to Fredericksburg, Mm -hmm. two hours outside of Austin. Really cute little German town. Thank you for sharing all that, babe. This woman, I done told y'all, if you didn't already know, she so special. You feel so hard. And just the way you show up is, yeah, I'm in awe of this woman. And one of the downloads, so to speak, in this season is I want to support her, you, at the highest level. You have so much talent, so much skill, and such a clear and meaningful gift and purpose to give to the world. And I want to fuel that. And that is something that is so clear in my purpose is supporter. I'm a world-class supporter. And when I believe in something, a person, a movement, a brand, those kind of things, like I am the biggest hype man champion for that. And so that was something that has definitely come out of this experience is like, that is what is the best thing I can do right now is to release, simplify, reduce the noise and be there for you, both in a business capacity, as well as just like a life capacity. Yeah. Yeah. When we got to Fredericksburg, if we could do, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset at the fact that we're probably going to wind up having an hour and a half long podcast, <laughs> but you know, somebody will listen to it. I'm sure. Um, or maybe we'll chop it up into two parts, but I also think that it's good as just one full story. Yeah. When we got there, well, first off on the drive, we barely spoke to each other. <laughs> it, it got, it got, it got heavy. Like it was to so, an audio book. So green lights, Matthew green McConaughey. Lights. <sighs> so good. Really good. But I'm just saying like, even though there was a lot of support, there was still like a lot of tension for between the two Big of time. us. We could yeah. feel it, you know? And so we're in the car, barely speaking to each other, hungry, annoyed, 
needing, just like needing to get out. Um, and we got to this little tin cabin, tin roof cabin, tin roof cabin, and, um, surrounded by nature Mm -hmm. and the whole, like the first night was just kind of whatever we were tired. Yep. Second day, we spent the vast majority of the day annoyed with each other. Like, not say annoyed, but like intention. Yeah. Heavy. We would go in and out of love, connection, like heartache. Yeah. Growth, frustration. And the and another beautiful thing in this is that we got to a point where it was, I'm going to tell you everything. Mm. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this thing. I know we're raw. I'm going to be considerate. I'm going to be. I'm going to have tact and discernment with what I share. And also you were finally looking, you were finally showing up in conversation where you were, you were so present and actually open to hearing everything that I said and you refused defense. Mm. You were just refusing defense. And I think it, that all of that prepped you, all of that noise online prepped you to be in a state of like, I'm just going to listen and I'm actually going to challenge myself in what you're saying. Is there truth in what you're saying instead of me just patiently waiting for my turn to respond because mm. I know who I am and I'm kind and great and Defensive blah, blah, blah. Ego. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was something that I also started feeling comfortable sharing is that this like softness and this nice guy and this whatever is just another color of manipulation. <laughs> more clever one. Yeah. yeah. And, and ego. And so it just, there's no way we could have had these conversations without all of that drama. Mm. And we couldn't have had the depth and, and, and if we wouldn't have gotten out mm-hmm. of the city and it was just us two, we walked around Fredericksburg. I cried in a restaurant. I got a coffee. We're in and out of the store. And then it's just, we wound up getting back to the little cabin and we got a bottle of wine and we played horseshoes and it was awkward. And then we She's went inside. You're not very good either. We don't play fucking horseshoes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Act like I tra- practice all the time. Never played that in my damn life. Uh-huh. So then we get, we walk back inside and things are just like, where do we go from here? Yeah. And then you made the suggestion, how about we dance? Mm. And we put on a little something. And it was weird. It was awkward. It was crunchy. It was stiff. And then I just thought about a slow song, like mm. a kind of slow song came on. And so I was like, let me just go down that rabbit hole. We just put slow songs. So then I found a playlist called slow dancing in the living room. Oh, it was so juicy. And like, I would never listen to that shit. No. Beautiful stuff, but just not stuff I would put on normally. But don't you think my mom. it's so appropriate though, because we're starting to prepare for our wedding. Totally. And we don't Very. know like what music and mm-hmm. all of that. Like it's all divinely guided, right? Oh my God. Of course. <laughs> so spiritual. Um, mm-hmm. So we put on this playlist and we slow dance and I, you know, it was so cheesy. I hadn't, I hadn't heard like romantic songs in a long time. Cause we're both like bass heads. Like we like, if it doesn't have a drop, if the beat doesn't I drop, want nothing to do with it. It's garbage. Let's <laughs> fucking throw it away. <laughs> if it's not just filthy, nasty, nasty grimy, <sighs> if you can't, twerk to it if my face doesn't immediately go just nasty with disgust and you know yes is it worth it right no i must melt <laughs> in this instant it was 
it was appropriate. And those cheesy words, they were hitting just right. And plucking the heartstrings. We were dancing and I was crying and holding and all the things. And then eventually the slow dance turned to slow kissing, turned into slow lovemaking in the kitchen of this little cabin. And it was intense. And you get a share really intense. I had an orgasm and then I did something I never thought that I would do. Y'all she wailed, shouted, wailed directly in my ear hole. No, I didn't. Uh, she did though fully. And, and it was beautiful. It was an incredible, like emotional catharsis of like all she had been holding a lot for me and for us and certainly for you. And I was happy to like, hold that for you. Yeah. I, I'm sure that there's some people listening now. You've either been with someone, you've been with a woman who has had emotion come up during sex or specifically through orgasm, or you are that woman um, or person. And yeah, I felt it. The orgasm happened and then I could feel all of the pressure and the tension and the anxiety and all that, that was just resting over my heart I I felt it start to shake and then I felt it kind of move from my heart and into my throat. And then like the shakes of the shoulder that kind of like are like a a sob, Mm. um, like a weep. And it just like kind of traveled up my throat. And I remember having a split second of consciousness where I could have let my like conscious mind say no. Repress it. Yeah. yeah, And repress it and say, no, I'm not going to do that. I had a split second to choose do it or don't. And I said, fuck it, because we were already in a space of just sharing everything. And I breathed in and I like, I couldn't describe it any other way, wailed like deep. Probably three or four deep, big, as loud as I could. Shouts, wails, screams. And then slowly landed back in my body. And from there, so much more was available for our connection. We started planning, you know, with all of this new information, how do we want our life to really look? And we were looking at like vision, visioning for this year. Mm -hmm. We looked at making sure we took intentional time to work out the kinks in our relationship. So we, we have them on our calendar right now as J&A love trips. Once a month. Putting them on there because it was tough. And then we knew that it was going to wind up beautiful on the end. And we took half a gram of mushrooms a piece. <gasps> we finished the bottle of wine. You picked up the guitar. We kept that slow dancing in the living room playlist going. I took the like bedding from one of the beds and put it on the floor. <laughs> and we made a little cocoon and we ate Simple Mills cookies. And played the guitar and sang Free Falling, but the John Mayer version mm-hmm. and and loved, loved and like held each other and just like we're with mm-hmm. the realness. Yeah. Seeing the other individual while also like really being in there with like this is our collective. Mm-hmm. This is us together. <sighs> It was big. And then we watched Get Hard <laughs> to round it out. With, to round it out. Comedy. Yeah. And Good then medicine. went to bed. And I remember the first night we went to bed and I was like, I don't even want to sleep in the same bed with you. <laughs> and then we went to bed that second night and I was like, I can't get close enough to you. 
And that was when we, we, we did use the mantra. We made the mantra, everything mm-hmm. is available. Anything is available on the other side of sex. And we believe that that might not be the truth for you, but for us, that was real, a really important thing. And so I'm just going to use it as a tool. Sex means a lot of things to me and to us, but I'm going to go back to it over and over again as if we want to be on the same vibe, the same frequency, and we want to remind each other where we stand individually and collectively, let's fuck first. Yeah. Like if there's some tension, where there's difficulty, there's controversy, there's big conversations or even small ones. And it's like, I think probably the best way to get through this is to fuck. And, and that's not to say that that is the solution to all problems. Of course not. But on the other side of that, there's so much, it's, it dissipates a lot of the bullshit and brings us back to resonance and heart connection. And then we can navigate those things way more gracefully and effectively. I'm I'm willing to meet you. I'm willing to see you. I'm willing to love you. I'm willing to like be present with you. Yes. And And those moments are like the most difficult can be to get there. Right. Cause there's Mm -hmm. so much like pride, ego, resistance, tension, and it's just like, if you can have that awareness, because we've been there so many times now, that's like, it's worth it to just say, fuck it, put that shit aside. Let's connect and be on our merry way. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And for those of you who've thought and wondered this whole time, how long we've been together? Three, three years. years. Mm-hmm. We've been together for three years. Uh, I just feel like every now and then people are like, I wonder how long I've been together. I get that every now and then when I share about how we've navigated conflict and Mm -hmm. controversy and all this stuff, if I ever share about it or Mm -hmm. I talk, you know, publicly on Instagram, little tidbits of the story, then they're usually like, have you been together a really long time? Well, three years, but it feels like a lifetime in a sense. And it also feels like it just started. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, We woke up the morning we were leaving and it was snowing. It was. In Texas. In Texas. And there were deer everywhere just yeah everywhere i mean the white christmas that we didn't really get to have because it uh, did snow in ohio it did but after we left um we got to have in texas and then we drove back and we're thinking because in fredericksburg's a couple hours away a little bit colder we come back to austin and it's full on snowing too and sticking to the ground full on snowing it was you know some sort of divine comedy and uh a closing slash opening of wild energy, so to speak. The whole thing was wild. And so that we got back from Fredericksburg, I think four days ago. That's wild. Only four days ago. Yeah. I'll tell you what, like I feel so much better, so much more at peace, so much more connected to myself and to you excited about life. Um, optimistic. And I generally feel those things. And again, oftentimes it's outside of me and this feels deeper. It feels more internal. We have little right behind us still. And the dogs were not with us on that trip, which was, oh yeah, yeah. that's an important thing to note for anybody who has dogs or kids. Cause you know, there's some comparisons to a be made thing there. That can be a distraction or totally. take your presence away yeah, from your partner. They're or incredibly yourself. connective, right? They can be a source of like connection and, and dissipating some tension and a distraction. And I was so glad that you, we both really did, I suppose, but I'm always inclined to want to bring the dogs, especially when we're going like somewhere where they can like be out in nature and kind of adventure themselves. But it's like, no, this is for us, just us. And, and just quick side, and I'll say to that point is like, we do a lot of fun, connective, like trips and experiences with our close little tribe. And I think certainly I, and we have fallen into a bit of like the 
yeah, like a, a trap of like, oh, that's intimacy and that's connection. And yes, but it's still, it's not just us and our little family. Yeah. We learned a lot. Yeah. We are learning a lot. Mm-hmm. We're not done. You know? <laughs> we're not? Fuck. Sorry. Sorry. Shit. And we've signed up to do it all together. Balls. I know. <laughs> so, so that's where we are <laughs> up to this point. Yeah. And I hope that in our shares that there is whatever the reason is that you've made it to the end of this really long conversation. Mm-hmm. If you were looking to get to know us more, if you were looking to, you know, f- I don't know, find something inside of this that you could rip us to pieces about, be or entertained, be entertained, inspired, something like that. Um, uh, there's a commitment that we have made is that we're, we're not going to get it all right. And I'm a sex, love and relationship coach, but it's a totally different thing when I'm in the thing. It's mm-hmm. my sex. Yeah. It's my relationship. Um, and so I've made a vow to myself that I'm going to share my processes that way. Whoever is going through a thing, they might hear, uh, you know, they might take the sex and anything is available on the other side of sex. That's going to resonate for some people. They're going to write it down. They're going to put it somewhere. I'm going to get a message in my Instagram DMs and it's going to say, I wrote this thing and my partner and I do it and my life has changed forever. And that's the reason why I just did this conversation. Every little one of those messages is the reason why I did it. I made a vow to myself to share these things publicly. And I'm only realizing as I am maturing in this process and I'm really coming face to face with this decision to be public and to be open with our relationship and, you know, and, and business and as a person that it leaves me very vulnerable in a lot of unique ways that I just, they weren't there 15,000 followers ago, <laughs> you know, up to the point of this recording, I think my Instagram is at like 20 something thousand followers. And as that number continues to grow, which that's not a lot by any means compared to many others and, and some of our friends, insignificant either, but, but it's also not insignificant yeah. and it's sharing, sharing, showing a taste of like what could be to come. And so it's helping us, I think, prepare where are our boundaries and what do we really want to share and how do we really want to share it? And what's the purpose and the point? Yeah. It's challenging us in such beautiful and remarkable ways. And while we're in it and it fucking sucks, I'm celebrating. Yeah. I love you, baby. I love you too. How much? Like a like a normal amount. Nope. That's a lie. The fact checkers confirm that is untrue. I love you a huge amount. There it is. Like a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep I you. But if you do this shit fucking to me better. again, you fucking do this shit to me again. I challenge you to a goddamn duel. Oh, well, we do have a nine millimeter each of us now so that was something that we didn't talk about but yeah we we are gun owners and i and that's like me i don't know it's not a topic that i want to have guns in a pit bull yeah erica yeah um come knocking on my door just kidding yeah mostly but also don't (laughs) 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 i'm kidding until i'm not kidding anymore until i'm not kidding anymore (laughs) yeah um I won't go into like guns, right, wrong, whatever. As long as personally, as long as I live in a country where these things are legal, I'm going to have one. I'm going to know how to use it. I'm going to respect it. And the end. And hopefully it'll just sit in a box most of the time. Yeah, that's ideally, you know, and it's a cool thing that I get to go take to the range here in Austin Mm -hmm. and I get to let some Some energy frustration out or something. Um, But yeah, my mom side note is retired military. My mom and my stepdad 
And so many people in my family are retired military. And so mm. I grew up with my dad fought in Vietnam, my guns, brothers in the Air Force, fishing, hunting, all the, the things. Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I want to like keep talking because I'm having fun, but but there for another time. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for sure. We had we had a good ending in the new Amy Would you just doing. leave me alone already? <sighs> I got shit right. to do, except not really. Because you turned everything <laughs> off. Exactly. And you work for me. <laughs> I'm gonna go fuck around in the garage or something. It's fine. If you want to distract or you can <sighs> stay with me in it in here. All right, loves. Thank you so mm. much for being with us. Thank you for being a part of our processing. Thank you for being yeah. um, in our community, in our family, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I have so much love and admiration for all of you who are listening. And uh, a, not a day goes by that I don't have so much love and gratitude in my heart. It might be 45 seconds after I wanted to burn something to the ground, but 45 seconds nonetheless. And I am back into a place of gratitude for all of you because you being here are the reason why I get to fulfill my life's purpose, what Mm. I feel is my life's purpose. And so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And until next time. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe. So you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.